0: Hello, welcome to episode 136 of Three Beers a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... God, okay. but, I'm not yeah, with he, you, but I'm not with you, Colin, am I? Well, you're not in, in, in spirit, you're with me? But spirit oh and God, heart,
1: yes. I'm lying in my bed and I just be fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and from that be clear, you can probably get over
0: at... Home. Home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the world so, has, again, transpired against us to keep us... Having to do it this way this, this time around again. Hopefully, next uh, couple well. next couple of weeks Raven. we'll get back to the Raven. Yeah, but we're dreadfully poor as
1: well, just say I think I think the whole nation's still you kind know, of recovering from, from the, the the Christmas to January pay gap. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, I'm pretty sure we're
0: not all the people are, that's in severe hysteria at the moment. Yeah, sure. The whole dry <laughs> January well. Yeah, the whole dry January thing is not about, you know, health, it's I basically more about the fact that we have no money to do anything. <laughs> we can't afford to drink. <laughs> yeah, on that, are pretty you drinking much. anything tonight? Sorry? Are you drinking anything tonight? Eh, uh, tea. Okay. I've got a nice a nice cup of tea, so I'm being very sensible with myself. I'm on a glass of cola, so I'm also being very sensible as well. So yeah, we need we need to start getting the beers involved in the the three beers in the movie. It's it's becoming yeah. a bit silly right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> We're badly named <laughs> well, right it, now. It, it was just you know it is, it is a cool sounding name yeah. that was you know most of the basis behind the not you
1: know what. Well,
0: honour bound to have three beers every time we speak. No, that's true, so that's true. And <laughs> um, defence. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Um, but we'll, we'll get going um, very quickly. We'll touch Mike on Mike. Oh, Mike
1: on Mike. Mike Furlong on Mike.
0: Yes, um, Mike Furlong played this week um, oh, as yeah. the Camel Lairds, who we are big supporters of down in Buckingham Head, took on the Ellesmere Rangers. Um, Camel Laird up 2-0, looking good. But then True. had some problems and ended up drawing two each. Oh, that's... How can you go from fucking two no, to, to draw two It happens. Two the manager was relatively pleased because it stopped a run of pretty bad defeats. Um, but still, should have been winning that game.
1: Sounds like it was a league
0: game or a cup. It was a league game. They're playing in the cup this weekend. In the semi-finals of the cup this weekend. So hopefully they do well oh, on in that. The, in the semi-finals? Uh-huh. Wow, that's... I think it's like the World Senior Cup, I believe it's called something along those lines. I'm not hundred percent sure on the name, but yeah, they're playing in that this weekend. Oh, who are you playing? I have no idea. Um, and more importantly, did Mike score? No, Mike did not score, but apparently played very well. But Mike needs to score a goal? I think you know. I mean, Mike. Mike's got a few. Getting... Mike's got a few. Recently, I remember the last time he scored, we ended up losing like not like was not like seven one or something. We lost. so I mean. <laughs> It's, maybe, maybe Mike's going as a, a bit of a bad one maybe he makes just do his job in midfield and well, is, Mike, is Mike like a cuss
1: and a charm? Yeah, yeah it's,
0: it's <laughs> so confusing it's all, it's, there's so many rules to what Mike can do yeah so anyway they're playing this weekend in, this, in the semi-final I think it's the World Senior Cup so hopefully they, they can do well in that that makes it sound like old age benches right? it does a little bit you know, doesn't it yeah, yeah. <laughs> when old just about just <laughs> people walking around playing football ball two
2: inches in front
0: of them and then shuffling after that again. Um, <laughs> it's like human human shuffle ball have <laughs> you ever watched walking football it's, uh, that was what, that's what I like to imagine it's like football I have never
1: seen this I've heard
0: of it have you seen it I've seen it before yeah it's basically football but you can't run, you, you've got to always be walking at all times, it's a bit like when you watch like that running race they do, the walking race in the Olympics, where you just screaming to like sort of like pick up the pace, but he's not allowed to, well above like a certain, you know. <laughs> That's fucking bizarre, look, look, why would you play a sport that you're not allowed to be physical in? I think the like idea of like, walking football was more for like, people who are older, essentially, like people in their, sort of, when they hit their, you know, 50s and 60s, they play it.
1: I'm older and I could fucking
0: run a good fucking 25 minutes easily. I don't know, dude. If you're you not placed on the side of five, if you're running for that length of time, it actually does have a real effect on you. <laughs> it will cripple you. Well, at least let them fucking jog or give, give them skateboard too. There you, there you go. go. Fucking, how fun would that be? Skateboard at all. Yeah. To yeah give them rollerblades and make it easier. <laughs> anyway. but yeah, But yes, so good luck to Camel Layers as always this weekend in their game. Yeah, go Mike. Go Mike, go. So, any interesting things of non cinematic viewing you've watched this week? Um, I've watched a few,
1: a, a few nonsense. so I'll, I'll quickly start with um, a film that I watched, I don't know if I mentioned this to you and, and I've got a, off my social life, life, um, but I, I finally got to watch um, Two Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Neuma. I've been wanting to see this for a long, long time. What's it called, sorry? Um, Two Wong Fu.
0: And what's it about? Have you never tu Wong Fu? It's no? um, from the, I 90s, maybe after Roadhouse, it's got Patrick Swayze, Okay. Um, Wesley
1: Snipes. Right. And John John Leguizamo.
0: What's it about? They
1: they are three drag queens.
0: Okay. Who win a competition uh, where they have to travel to LA. Right. And en route they get stuck in a kind of backwards town that's that's very much not quite ready to take on the drag queen world. So it's like Priscilla Queen in the desert then, basically. Sorry? Priscilla Queen in the desert. It does get compared to Priscilla, and I've seen Priscilla, and
1: there are parallels because it's about drag queens um and a bit of a road trip but it, it's not quite Priscilla queen of the desert. Okay. Um it, it, it's different. Um and on route they come at they come kinda a foul of a nasty cop played by Chris Penn who basically hunts him down and finds him in the town and stuff like that. But it's more or less about the um, helping John Lewis, ago. It. It's like each one's like a kind of like Patrick Swayze plays like the kind of the the glorious team. Um And Wesley Stipes, uh, 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 you, know, the, you know, the kind of face to black women in uh, Licozamo's like that like they the kind of sleazy Hispanic kind of chip, do you know what I mean? It's right. about the them trying to help Licozamo kind of find his place in the whole kind of drag queen community and stuff like that. So is Priscilla Queen of yeah.
0: the Desert Cross with Doc Hollywood? Kind of,
1: yeah. Kinda. It's <laughs> fucking good. It's brilliant okay. because all three leads proper, they, they give every ounce of commitment to the fucking roles. You play
0: Patrick Sraisey is... Fucking wow! As a drag queen, he's perfect. Okay.
1: And um, Wesley Snipes full drag, and he just fucking goes. I mean, you have me the, relatively.
0: You have me relatively interested in this. Where can I find this? Is it on Netflix? Is it on Amazon? Did you um, buy it.
1: We got it on DVD, so I, I will borrow you, sir. Um, yes. And it's a
0: damn, damn good film. Nice it's, it's
1: fun. It's got lots of heart. Yeah, there's is there, of course, and I mean it's fucking a Hollywood film as well, but the three leads are just fucking lit wow just seeing those three actors you I mean I suppose like Osamu you can
0: imagine in drag like Osamu um, and Patrick Swayze I can imagine in drag as well um, I wouldn't lie but um, the Wesley Snipes option there is the sort of the strange one yeah but, but Swayze's got this
1: amazing beautiful grace about him because maybe it's a ballet dancer or yeah. 10, to be a ballet dancer. and he's got this grace he just exudes his character so much he just lives and breathes and you're just so drawn into his character it's a a
0: brilliant film. Okay, remind again. Remind so. again. What's the film called?
1: It's called Too Long for. Thanks for everything, Julie Newman, who was Catwoman. Catwoman, yeah. Version. She's in the film as well. Alright, okay. Like, well, uh, there's, will... there's quite a lot of kind of drag queens and stuff for that, isn't there? There's a lot of RuPaul turns up and stuff for that as well. So there's All a lot right. of kind of you know real life kind of drag queens in there as well. But just a, a nice, warm, feel-good, fuzzy go film. And, I really enjoyed it. I um,
0: film that, oh, that may be a comeback based on the fact that drag queens are very in right now. I think they are? I don't know. Yeah, drag um, queens. This whole Drag Race and like I said RuPaul's bigger than he's ever been before. Or you know. Yeah, so. yeah, but I don't think it's something that
1: needs remade. I mean, I think.
0: No, no, I'm not saying remade. Probably. I'm not saying it needs to be remade. But I'm saying it's a film that's due a comeback. You know, certain films get reappraised yeah, as a. A, a, resurre- you know, a resurrection. Ah, oh, yeah. If yeah. it's you know if something happens, you know like like um. The Room get resurrected recently because of Disaster Artist and, yeah, you know, some yeah. films just sort of find a new life once, you know, people are rediscovering um, who's in, what's the point of in Hollywood, the, who does Margot Robbie play in Hollywood? Oh, yeah, the Keira Manson, you know, that killed stuff like that, yeah, yeah so that's you, know, so yeah, kind of you good, yeah, Sharon Tate, actually. you know, so people, people are kind of rediscovering who Sharon Tate is now because of that film, so, so some film, some things when something comes out in the right zeitgeist it can be sort of rediscovered and that sounds like one that should be Maybe rediscovered in the fact that drag queens are kind of in right now. Yeah,
1: but it's it a really, really nice kind of film as well. It's a Proper kind of feel good, feel good film. Um, the other thing I've been watching, I'm still watching Busy Basil, which I talked about this week. So I'll just get kind a of quick let's get past that. To see it. It's still
0: fucking good. Okay. Um, I've started watching Picard. Oh, interesting. I've not started watching it yet, but I've heard interesting things. Um, it's
1: it's actually I mean, Patrick Stewart, I think, is, is over eighty years old now. Mm. Um, so there there is limitations as to, you know, what you can do as a kinda of action kinda of thing. Yeah. So you know, it's a kinda of gentler kind of pace. There is still action in it. Um and it is, you know, it is kinda of safe in terms of plot and stuff for that. You like kinda of, you know, it kinda of appeases, trekkies you know, we're enough in there for non-trekkies that it's not an alien world for them. Oh. But yeah, it's fairly safe, but it is, it's, it's kind of comforting, because it is, you know what it is, you know what I mean? You're watching it because you like the Picard from The Next Generation, and that's why you're watching it, and Hit knows that, and that's what it gives you. Yeah. But I'm enjoying it. It's only two, two episodes in, you know, it's kind of what I week the drop, and only two so far, but um, yeah, I'm enjoying
0: it. It strikes me a bit like the X-Files remakes that came out recently, or not remakes, but sort of relaunching recently that came out, sort of it's... It's not doing anything new, but it's sort of it's just like you reenjoy this character that you that you've you've loved before, and you you, absolutely, you yeah. enjoy seeing this character more than you actually enjoy the show he's in, if that makes sense. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, what, what kind of was a bit not not sad, but it's sort you of kind know, fuck is um and it's not a spoiler because you know look up the cast and it tells you but uh, Brent Spiner.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So the first episode too, of course, was Data and Next generation. And he's you know
0: wearing the data and the Android makeup and mm. fuck he's
1: old. All uh, right,
0: does he? Um, <laughs> Do you know I mean? It's like oh fuck. Do they explain uh, so why? Do they explain why he looks old? Do they explain that at any point? Um, no, because I think
1: you, you need to kind of just accept that you know Brent Spiner's fucking old. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they can really. Yeah. Well, I don't know, I've kind of missed out on a few of the, the Star Trek movies, so I don't know if there's a caveat in there that maybe explains it, you know, he's kind of skins, like Terminator skins, you know what I,
0: mean? it's I, amazing, I, it's I awesome. I'm saying there could be something in it, but I'm not 100% sure, but... Yeah, aye. yeah, but
1: um, there is, I mean, when you look at the cast, but, you know I mean, like, um, Marina Sirtis turns up who was Troy, um, Jonathan Frakes turns up who was Riker, and I'm pretty sure Michael Dorn turns up, you know,
2: and,
1: they, they, like I said, they know... Who who are to the latest? I mean, so it's kind of it's nice
0: because you know you want to see these characters again. You want to get a get that comfort food, so, that, so that's. They're not it's making that for a wide audience; they're making it for a, a quite specific audience, and know what they are making it for. Yeah, but enjoy, enjoyable watching. Enjoyable know, it's, it's, it's comfort food to the soul. i I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. was generation your favourite Star Trek? Uh, no, Deep Space Nine, Deep Space especially. Nine, your favourite one. Um, I, um, there seems to be a minority of us that, that like Deep Space Nine, and um, that that minority, fair enough. I, I was more of original um, Star Trek. That's that's where my Jive is. Captain Kirk. Yeah, because that's my dad watched that. My dad loved that. Yeah. But but generation. D generation, I really appreciate. Generation. I I didn't I. I'd, I'd seen the original Star Trek before I saw the Star Trek movies, but I hadn't seen Generations, the Generation TV show until I saw the Generations movie. If that makes sense. Yeah. I'm like gonna, gonna. watching that one with him, you know, the one with Kirk and Picard are in it for the first time, and it's like the crossover yeah. one. After watching that, I get into uh, Next Generation. Did you ever get into like, Deep Space Nine? I touched on a few of them. I remember the... I remember done a really good one with The Tribbles. I remember seeing that one. Yeah, yeah. And they've done the that one with... Um, yeah. did, did they do one when Scotty came back at one point? Or am I thinking of that a Generations episode? Uh, I think Scotty came back in Next Generation. Yeah. So yeah, anyway. I, I I dabbled in Deep Space Nine rather than getting fully invested. But I have heard, much like yourself, um, a couple of people who are big, trekkie, bigger Trekkers than me, I've said that Deep Space Nine is fantastic. It sort of it covers a lot. It's a bit more like Babylon Five esque, you know. And it yeah, co- yeah. Covers a lot more kind of ground, and it gets a lot more even, even more sort of real worldy in a way than um, a lot of the other ones did. Which in, I mean, obviously, Star Trek has always been sort of an allegory for what's happening in the world just now. Yeah. Um, I've heard yeah, Deep Space Nine even more so. But I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to watch Picard because I, I am, a, I am a Trek fan, so I will definitely get to Picard at some point.
1: Yeah, you enjoy it, so you will enjoy it. What about yourself? Anything off,
0: off big screen you've been watching? We finished watching The Good Life. Not the Good Life, The Good Place. The Good Place with Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell is it, and Is it Kirsten or Kristen Bell? Kristen I say Kristen, maybe it's Kirsten, Kristen. Kristen Bell. Yeah. Um it, it finished up I think it was season well, I think season three was split into two parts, so technically it's season four, so the final parts were on uh, very recently. Um and I've got to say, it's it, it's a show that I thought started off brilliantly. Like the first season of it is amazingly good. Um, mm-hmm. So clever, so funny. It lost its way a little bit in the second season. It, it become it got kind of tied itself down and sort of got a bit struggled with sort of how it was going to approach itself. It comes really good in the final season. It, it nails its landing and it has a, a wonderful final episode. Well, is that it then? Have That's it, are wrapped wrapped They wrapped, wrapped up in a really... Lovely, well done, perfect way. I thought I, I had no absolutely zero complaints about the way they ended the show. Um, that's actually
1: quite refreshing because the, 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 there is this tendency you nowadays to, to milk things to the point that you know there's just season after season to just get so fucking
0: stale. Yeah. You know, they just kind of end up with such a whimper. So it's actually nice to see something that said, "You know what? Let us fucking stop." You know. Yeah, like, I mean the premise like, of the show. Is good, the premise but, of the show, when I was not seen it, is essentially people go to heaven, and they've got to prove that they're in heaven. They've got what people who are. People who shouldn't be in heaven are in heaven and they've to try and prove that they're in heaven and they deserve to be there by doing good deeds. The show sort of spirals okay. from there, essentially. And you go try and there's sort of a lot more intrigue and mystery as to why they've been picked to be in heaven rather than over anyone else. And that's also sort of Ted dancing in this? Ted dancing as well. Um Adam Scott turns up in it as well. So everyone kind of sort of had a wee kind of wandering through it. everyone you know from T V is is, is is sort of in it at some point. Um so, yeah, like I said, first season I thought was brilliant. Second and third seasons I thought at times were very, very funny, but also at times it struggled. But the sort of final, maybe half dozen episodes really sort of nailed its landing. And I was really pleased with how it um, sort of finished itself off. Cool. Which is, like I said, uh, like, like you said it's, it's definitely rare these days. Sometimes, everyone's got a complaint usually about the way a show ends. This, yeah, I was very yeah. happy the way it all finished up. Yeah, I mean, I kind of recently went through Duminity and Fairy Rock. Both of them kind of. You know, you could kind of see they should have kind of maybe not done that final season, perhaps. They died
1: for mm-hmm. wimper on the Yeah, they just kind of faded away, which was a shame, because, you know, you want something to get a big fucking high, you know, it's like fond memories of it, and it, it kind of detracts from... The Aye. Of it came before so it's really nice to hear that it is just you know,
0: it's like we're, we're done there you go Aye. you don't want to tell somebody to watch a show but like just watch the first four seasons because it gets crap after season four you don't want to tell somebody like, you want you to tell somebody to watch the full show because it's great yeah enjoy it yeah. um, the other thing I watch which I've been telling you about and I've been telling everyone about and no one's listening to me is a movie <laughs> called In Fabric In Fabric which is on Sky right now and it's essentially it's a weird horror comedy about a haunted or um, what's the word? Cost dress. So any, anyone who buys this dress has a has a cussing. You know the bad shit happens to them and to the people around them.
1: Yeah. Um. Is it an anthology?
0: It, an it kind of is. Yeah. There's like sort of couple of interconnecting, a couple of stories that interconnect with each other. Well, sorry, no. but, but the, the only thing that interconnects properly is the dress itself. It's the sort of it's the pivot point of the story. Um, it's very weird, it's very odd, it's sort of a, the guy who did this film did a film called Upstream Colour recently, which is a very weird, almost art house, um, like installation type movie, you know, it's sort of it's on that line between art and cinema, if you know what I mean. It, you know, you're not really sure what it's trying to be at times. Yeah. Um, this is definitely a more straightforward narrative. It, it, it's it's definitely it knows what it is. Um, a lot more in calling me something like rubber, for example, but maybe not quite as slapsticky. I don't know what rubber is. What about the, the killer tyre. Mm, you watch some weird shit. <laughs> do you oh, some, I do watch like some. I do watch some weird random. You Can't rundown. just drop, Oh yeah, a weird tyre. <laughs> <just laughs> Fucking <laughs> carry I mean, No rubber what the fuck. It's like a bit a tyre that goes on the rampage, like across like a, a highway essentially. <laughs> is it tire. attached to a car? No, no, it's it's it's, it's, it's attached to the car. How
1: the main uh, and the attire hon- is tiny.
0: Honestly, find it. Find it. It's, it's worth. It's it's completely insane, but, but worth watching. I could take on a tire I'm sure. <laughs> okay, um. But yeah, so in fabric, it's sort of in that vein, but it's, I think it's, be- it's It's a better done film than, than that. It's um. It's 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 quite. It's very dark, but it's also got a lot of comedy in it. Not enough in it. The the thing I would probably try and compare it to mostly would be something like the lobster. Right, okay. You know, it's it's a world you recognise, but you don't really recognise it.
1: It's
0: like, it's in someone else's head, isn't it? It's, it's is like in someone else's head and you've got to try and understand. Ah, oh, like how this guy's it, mind works because you're kind of going... Yeah. Like, it just, it feels like almost an alternate version of reality. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, is, is this director, who's the director, director? I can't remember the guy's name, name, unfortunately, but I've lost his name. Is he going to break out, do you think? I think he's one of he those guys to... who's always going to make these sort of very odd indie movies. Yeah, for himself. He is always making them for himself, and he's getting fun on it, and it'll, it'll find a sort of a very niche, sort of indie, weird audience. Mm. And it'll do well within that, but I don't think he's I, mean, I, I can't. This film this will not appeal to the masses. You know? I'm, I'm intrigued. I mean, I, I, I do like horror, and I do like obscure, and I do like, you know,
1: kind of. Silly as well,
0: so yeah. it is something I may, I may have to watch it. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say this, Jill went for a walk in a hailstorm rather than watch the ending of it. That's how bored <laughs> she, she, she disliked it so much, so give give you an idea of, of what the, where it's pitched at. <laughs> okay, I will, I will maybe try and check it out over the weekend perhaps. Yeah, and and Sky movies. Sky it's not for everyone. If you're not into sort of the weird and wonderful and the sort of the very odd and offbeat and that kind of, you know, it's almost in that world of, it's almost Greasy Strangler-esque world, you know, So sort of just a horror, it's just, it's not for everyone, then you yeah, will struggle yeah. with it. If you're willing to embrace that world and embrace that weirdness, then you will like it. Like, I've told about ten people about it, and I know for a fact I'm telling people who know. I go, you're not going to if you do watch this, you're going to hate this film in every way, you know, so. I just quite to give one, and I
1: think the
0: Greasy Slanger's quite possible a film that's made for no one. But possibly for us. <laughs> Yeah, us,
1: that, that's it. Yeah. We
0: are the target audience. Yeah, <laughs> <a> beat, <laughs> um, but yeah so that's, that's why I'm watching at home. Um But we can move on to some other films. So, you watched something that's in the mix now that we've, that we've already talked about at length on the yeah, pod. Yeah, um, yeah. that film I'm used for it. You're just back from 1917. Um, yeah, just fresh out. I'm just kind of finished watching it like a couple of hours ago. Um, um, so, it's something that's the mix now because obviously it's getting all, all the Oscar nominations and all the BAFTA non- wins and things, and so it's, it's definitely in the public zeitgeist. Um, yeah. I saw it, I very much enjoyed the technical aspect of it, I didn't think the film had a lot of heart to it, I thought it, it, the story itself was a bit derivative and a bit, I didn't really buy into that but I appreciated the artwork that made the story the story. Uh, mm-hmm. what did you think of it? Um, yeah, I think it, it kind of draws you in
1: instantly do you know what I mean? Um, the, the technically, fucking mind blowing I mean the, that, the whole one track stuff and I know there's kind of hidden cuts and stuff in there and I think Sam Mendes, I said, the longest shot was only like eight minutes. So yeah. there's a lot of cuts and stuff yeah. like that, but they, they, you don't—they're they, not all apparent. And um, there's one or two that are, but yeah. you know, it, it's done. It just—it takes you in a journey. Yeah. And it just kind of holds you and pulls you
0: along with it. Yeah. Um, the boy, George
1: McKay, I'm. I think I'm quite. I'm, I'm really, really. I'm fascinated by him. Yeah. I think he's—he's he's got something about him. He's. I don't think he's ever going to be... I think even this film, he's not really a leading man. I don't no. think he's ever going to be, the I hope he never is. But he's, he's so interesting, and yep. it's just one of those faces that every time it's on screen, you're just watching it. And I think he emotes so much with his face, and he's got... Just a, he's, he's kind of a weird-looking guy. I mean, Aye. it really kind of works
0: for him. Aye, he, definitely, he definitely hasn't got that sort of leading man look about him, but he's definitely got yeah. something that makes him very interesting to watch. Not dissimilar I... to the guy who who we like who was also in uh, The Lobster, not The Lobster, um, Killing of a Sacred Deer, the young boy in that, whose name I can't remember this now, you know. Mm-hmm. You know it's, it's
1: just one of those faces, yeah. you just,
0: you just, you just and, and another actor who we'll talk about in a minute is it
1: Willem Dafoe's kind of like that as well, it's, just, it's, it's a face that you know you're just drawn to the face and, mm. and what it's doing and it tells stories all by itself, I mean like they can, I actors like that, they don't have to say anything, to yeah. you know, it's just, you just look at the face and you get, you know, a thousand words just fell out and the, the, the boy just blows me away, everything I've seen him in, you know, I'm just so captivating, I've seen more and more and more of him. Um, one thing that really struck me about this film that I, I found was dead weird, um, we kind of go to a lot of movies together and stuff like that I, and you're the technical and I'm not, um, but I never, ever really notice Music in films, uh-huh. it, it's there in its background, it, it, it never kind of jumps out at me. Do you know what I mean? It never kind of serves probably the purpose that it's intended for because I'm a fucking idiot like that. But, um, it's not as well. The bit in the middle of the film
0: where you know he kind of walks through the town when the flares are coming down, yeah, Jesus, the, the music in that scenery, it, it just
2: it was just. Fucking, it just took me out of myself it was like pure, almost ethereal so, I mean, yeah. it was completely and utterly mesmerised, bewitched and horrified all at the same
1: time oh. and you know, like say like, music just does not it's not something I noticed I mean, mm. it just it just the music started it was just from there just fucking for five minutes I was completely lost like, totally and I've never ever really kind of had that way. Music
0: kind of film combination. Too. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I did think it's the same experience as you did, but I can totally see where you're coming from with the, you know, it's it's a beautiful scene when you see the um, the flares and the sort of the the yeah. backdrop of the, of the town behind them and you get that so you're running at them and things like that. You know, it's it's is the film is full of beautiful and extraordinary visual and technical moments. Um, yeah, like yeah. the scene even the, scene at the start when you see the two boys sitting, you know, and they're sitting in like sort of lush green grass. Uh-huh, and then they get up yeah. and they start walking, and just as even within like a hundred feet of them walking, that by the time you realise there's no colour in that scene, it's just been yeah, it's bleached just, out uh, The sky's ominous,
1: and uh-huh. uh, kind of, you know in the trenches, it, is, it, it Just technically, yeah, I would, I would kind of, yeah, I'm with you. On, I, I know what you mean about the kind story. I think it, it's a really kind of lean and linear story. Yeah, um, I think, I, I think. I got slightly more than you did from the kind of human aspect of it. Okay. I think I was maybe sucked in a bit more than you were. Um, I wouldn't compare it to Private Ryan, which a lot of people
0: do. No, For I wouldn't. Me,
1: I, I kind of got a lot of similarities and beats
0: to um, Gillicolli. Got, I, I got a lot of Apocalypse Now, it's not a wee bit of Apocalypse Now, because you get like sort of see the character he meets, Um, oh, the, the sexy priest from, from um, Fleabag. Um, Andrew, oh, um, Andrew Scott, Andrew Scott yeah. he's doing a sort of almost cuts and type a cuts type thing when he's you know, <laughs> you know he's just a guy who's yeah. been there way too long and he just he has yeah he's mental he's lost it he's he's completely insane you know and he's only in it for like what five minutes, if even, even if I, that I, but I, he I, just he just steals those five minutes it's like holy yeah, shit he's yeah, yeah, a terrifying. A lot were really well done. Mark Strong pops up; he was great, and it as her, well, yeah. It caused the sleep for
1: for those parts, but you know, it, it, it kind of really suits him in that that role. Suits him mm. as well.
0: Come, I thought even Cumberbatch. You know, he was only in it for about two minutes, but I thought he was what he what he did in the row He brought something to it for those two minutes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Every camera receiver, even Richard Madden as well. Do you know what I mean, you're just like fuck, yeah. You yeah, know that that's Richard Madden does a solid job, and then off he's gone. I think it's good that it, it doesn't steal the limelight away from George MacKay, and Boy. I mean, no. they become you know they, they don't try and kind of overshadow them, but they, they let them be yes. the stars of the film, and that's a nice thing. Yeah, but um, no, I think I got a bit more than you from from the human side, and you probably appreciated the technical more than me, but. For, for one of the very few times, the technical actually kind of got me as yeah. well. I actually noticed it and paid attention to it. And you know, it's like, I think the film commands you to watch. I mean, you fucking
0: completely pay attention. I to think it. that's the thing you're completely needing to watch. You have to you have to pay your attention to this film. And I think Absolutely. the bigger the screen you can see it on, actually, the better. Because I think if you watch this at home, I think you may find your attention may waver to some degree but when you're in a cinema and a big massive screen with the sound system as well then mm-hmm. you're you're absolutely totally partaken in by this. Um, like I said, I thought I thought it was an excellent technical film. I thought it was a well done, well piece of cinema. Um, I just like I said, the human aspect of something like Private Ryan wasn't quite there for me. I still, we still give it eight out of ten, but it's like it, it just it lacks that Private Ryan aspect to it, which I'm not saying it's going for, but I think that's mm-hmm. it, it will be automatically compared to because it's a story that's similar in some ways.
1: Yeah, it's that that. I think that's just freaking Spielberg magic in there. I yeah, think. that's that's exactly
0: it. That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah but yeah. I would
1: give it eight eight and a half out of ten. Yeah. Um quite quite happily give it that. Um and I think it's probably again I'm you know, I'm the idea of the Perry's for stuff like this, but I'd probably say it's deserving, whether it wins or not, is it's deserving of the nominations
0: it's getting I think it's definitely gonna get best director. I can't see it not getting best director just because of the way the story's told and the technical achievement of doing it. Um yeah. I think directors of the, the Academy appreciate that. Um will it win best picture? I don't think it will, but I think it'll definitely get it best director and it'll probably get best cinematography as well for um which for is for, for deacon of contention. We'll talk about it in a second. And um, just really quickly before we on the next one. Is this the one that was filmed in Glasgow some person? Yes, yes. Down the scene yeah, is that the bit with the bridge was that the Clydes? The bit when you crossing the river, yeah. Yeah, I
1: thought, I thought that. I was like I kinda of wasn't hundred percent sure. I was like, is it is it is it? maybe it's not, is it? I think it is
0: so cool. mm. yeah. Right, so um, from that we'll move on just move on one, uh, one that I have seen um, which is on Netflix it was in the cinema very briefly but it's in, It's on Netflix for everyone to enjoy and that film is Uncut Gems uh, directed by Benny and Josh Safdie who were in who directed the film called Good Time um, which was out a couple of years ago with Robert Patterson and uh, Benny Safdie actually I think it was one of the Safdie yeah. roles is not it he plays yeah. it's a really good tense thriller if you get a chance to watch it's on Netflix as well now so they've put that on Netflix as well so right out for that, that one. Uncut Gems essentially is about um, a pawnbroker who's got a gambling problem who gets a rock from deepest darkest Africa that's like sort of this uncut gem, it's like an opal gem and um, he wants to sell it for millions but before he does that he loans it to a basketball player who uses it sort of as, as his totem um, and the problem is he cannot get this gem back from the said basketball player so it's him trying to get this gem back at the same time, he owes everyone in New York City money of some description, uh, and everyone either wants to kill him or get money off of him because of that. Um, and it's, Why
1: he, does he give it to the basketball player?
0: Because he oh, thinks Phil. it'd be good for business to sort of like that. Um, if he loans him this for like a, for a game, then the guy will come back and spend more money on other things. Okay.
2: Yeah. Okay. 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 Cool. Yeah.
0: Um, and then from that, you're basically covering about two or, th- two or three days in this guy's life as he makes every wrong decision possible um, in order to try and recoup his losses. Like like any gambler does. Every gambler thinks they're on the next bet they make will be the big one that wins. You know, he's, he's that yeah. kind of guy. Um, in the film, you've got Adam Sandler playing the pawnbroker, the main guy. Uh, you've also got Julia Fox playing his, his um sort of mistress um employee. Uh, Indina Menzel plays his wife. Uh, Lakey Stanfield pops up in it as well. Judd Hush pops up in it as well. And we like Judd Hush. Uh, and in a very meta way the basketball player is played by kevin garnett who is a boston celtics basketball player who was playing for the boston celtics when this film is set in 2012 so it gets quite meta in terms of what's going on Um this film is unrelenting from start to finish like it is sort of like if it's like mad max on foot at times you know you, yeah. you really it is an absolute heart attack of a movie it's Someone said to me, it's like, rather than being Ferris Bueller's day off, it's like Ferris Bueller's day on. Like, everything is fucking going on with this guy. Like, nothing is coming easy to him. And everything that he does, everything that happens to him, is purely self-inflicted. You know, there's no sort of bad luck that happens to him. It's every inch of it is his own fault. He it, it
1: deserves everything he gets. Uh-huh.
0: And yeah. everything he tries to do, he get it. We to get himself out. You understand why he think to get himself out, but you just want to go please don't make that decision, that's, that's an awful decision to make, You know, like, don't do that, please don't do that, um, it pains me to say it, because you know I'm not a big fan of the man, but Sandler is excellent in this film, and I think was overlooked for a, an Oscar nomination, oh did they not get one? He didn't get not? one, and I think he genuinely deserved one for this film, I think he plays a great role, and I think he plays the role really well. So, no, I, I, was going, I was going to say that, because
1: all the reviews that have it so far, like The Guardian and stuff like that, um, everybody's saying, you know, like, wild, like Adam fucking Sandler, what the fuck, do you know what I mean? Unless so, it's the, because
0: it's a guy who's set the bar so low that anything not awful is great, but I don't think so, because I think I, Adam Sandler can act, because I've seen him in that film Rain Over Me, um, and in, mm-hmm. Punch, in Punch Drunk Love as well, and also in that film Click as well, which I really actually quite enjoyed. He has got pathos, he can act when he's required to. He's just found very easy money not acting and he's making a lot of money not acting. You know? Yeah. Or playing this yeah. full character that he's been doing for the last like twenty odd years, you know. It will make grown ups too and all that kind of stuff, because it'll make him a shit ton of money. And yeah. and the the push to do these other types of films just isn't there and I suppose if someone's dying to have, like a ninety million dollar paycheck for a couple of movies on Netflix that are like sort of just easy comedies, why wouldn't you do it? Um. Which
1: also, as well, I mean, and, and this applies to kind of, I suppose, most art as well. Um, And, and there are exceptions, but the point is, you know, is if you're going to be an actor or a musician, is you know, you're doing it because you want fame and fortune to make fucking money. Mm. Do you know well, what I mean? Yeah. And it's like you're saying, Sanders found this magic formula, on Netflix saying, Here's all the money in the world, go and do what you fucking want. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool, okay. cool. Do you know what I mean? So it's like the guy gets shot on for doing pretty much what every other person's trying to fucking achieve. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah I kind of know what, so, I mean, I kind
0: of,
1: I mean, I I don't know saying these films are
0: good, but, you know, I, I kind of fucking... I, mean, I, it, I, mean, I completely I understand know. why Salah does the film he does. I totally understand. Yeah. The same way I understand yeah. Seth Rogan does the film Seth Rogan does because they make him money. You yeah, know, absolutely. Anyone the same, Tom yeah, Cruise does... That's why by... That's
1: why they became famous. They, yeah. <laughs> to make money and Ah, oh, and it,
0: ultimately you've got to keep your stock high. If your stock isn't high, people don't watch you. You don't make the money. So fair enough. Sam I can take the risk on this and do something like this, which is I think is great for his career. Ultimately, I think it's something that will benefit him in, the, in the future. But he always knows right now. Perhaps his comedy audience won't go with this. Mm-hmm. But he can always he can always go back to that well very easily. But um, yeah. So but in in respect and in, in working at the film, he is excellent in the film. He should have got an Oscar nomination. He's yeah. He, uh, it's he he is the main to this story everything that happens through him and he's on screen for pretty much 95% of the time so everything lies on his shoulders and he he holds it really well he just, he's a real sleazy shit of a character that you, you don't want to like but because he is the, the, the sort of the anti-hero the protagonist in it you do find yourself at least going I hope something works out for you. Just something, you know, <laughs> and you feel bad. For uh-huh, but you ultimately know. I think f- this this is a springboard to think. Vince Vaughn, for example, has went from you know goofball comedy to True Detective to you know this fucking you know serious item. Is, is this Sandler's? I think his hammer will always go back to the comedy because it's an easy it's an easy option for him. Um but it, it, yeah. again, i again, mean, because he had done punch drunk love and everyone thought that was a push to do something bigger and he never really embraced that much. You know, he went back to the yeah. comedy, so I I'm imagine this will be much the same. But it's he, yeah. knowing that he's got it in his locker is something maybe the is good. Um soundtrack of the film you talked talk about the soundtrack of um what was the film you watched Saturday there? Um but today, uh, nineteen seventeen. This as well yeah. soundtrack propels this film at breakneck speed. It moves the film. It it's it's not. It doesn't stop in the whole film. It quiets down at times, but it's never not there. It's sort of like Is it, it impedes. Tarantino, the, Tarantino yourself a soundtrack. It's not a soundtrack. It, it's it's like a score. Sorry, score's what to use. It's, ah, right, okay, it's okay. a continuous score. Um, so like Dunkirk, almost like um, so when Mad Max Fury Road, it's just it's just this constant. Throbbing behind the scene, like behind your eyes, of like this this constant soundtrack. Sometimes it does get quieter, sometimes it goes loud, but it's it's always there. It's always like present, and it it, it keep, I think there's one thing that like I said about you. you didn't agree with it about Dunkirk, but it feels like a ticking clock on you, and it, it it elevates your heart rate because you're always constant. You can always feel this thing, you know, with this like beats yeah. per minute. So that's that's what I thought that was excellent about it as well. All supporting cast were excellent as well. I did prefer Good Time over this weirdly. Um. Yeah. Um. But this is still excellent, and it's still a fantastic watch. Um. And the fact it's in your, it's on your cinema, it's, it's on your home television. You can watch this for nothing, is quite amazing. It's So it really is a well done, fantastic movie to, to watch at home.
1: People like to watch
0: it, yeah. Yeah. Um. I'd cool. urge you to watch it. and you'd really like it as well. Eight yeah, out of ten, sir. Um. Eight out of ten. For, did you ever think you would catch yourself seeing Adam Sandler at the 8 out of 10 I, really, I really like Click I don't think I give it 8 out of 10 but um, yeah it, it, like I said I, I went into it probably the most negative person because I'm not sure huge Adam Sandler I'm not, I'm, in fact, I detest Adam Sandler most of the times um, yeah. so I really was the audience this film has got to try and convince you know, make me, can convince me that Adam Sandler can be an actor that he can actually propel this film in some way and he does yeah. he really does good on him yeah.
1: good on you Adam Sandler I'm, I'm all for it I'm all for you know what fucking you know, show them
0: when he's done that, so good on yeah. him. Hell yeah. good on. Um, but now in a really odd ton of events, it's on to yourself to convince me you're going to see a film, because I've not seen much this week because of um, yeah. events, but uh, you have yeah. seen a few things, so... we we'll yeah, yeah. so I've got a couple of movies that I've
1: <laughs> caught that you've not caught so, yet, um, one that I'm going to recommend you catch, and one that I'm going
0: to So recommend. we'll start with the bad one, I think, which is called The Rhythm Section, uh, <laughs> yeah. directed by Reed Morano. Who directed a film called I Think We're Alone Now, which is a really nice film on Netflix. We got a chance to watch it. It stars um, the 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 half man from Pierre Dinklage from Game of Thrones, and it's a quite a nice week and a, like sort of a guy sort of retrospecting on his life as he is the last man on earth, um, and she also directed the episodes of The Handmaid's Tale. As oh, well. Okay, and okay? sure. um, so the plot of this film from what I've gathered is a woman. Played by Blake Lively, plots revenge on those who planned and executed a plane crash that killed her whole family. Correct. Um. Yeah.
1: But yeah. Almost. You've almost got it. Um. She trains to become an assassin
0: to okay. get her revenge.
1: Which um, is I, I didn't know was about that. Um, is
0: Jude Law the assassin, or is he what he training her? Is who? Sorry? Jude Law.
1: Oh yeah, Jude Law's in it. He 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 trains her to be an assassin, um, and just kind of usual kind of montage style.
0: And um, I'm assuming Sterling K. Brown is the baddie.
1: I don't know who Sterling K. Brown is, but I'm going to say yeah.
0: Okay. Because <laughs> he seems like a bad guy. Okay. Very much. Um, th- this film was was diatribe. Okay.
1: Um, it it was just it didn't really kind of go in knowing much about it other than you know if I can she, she becomes killer I didn't know how or why or right. so I kind of went in with very out knowledge of it at all um, the, the main problem with the story is is that the, there's no connection with any character at oh. all um, they, they just, the the characters don't develop they don't grow you don't care about anyone in
0: this film even Blake, Blake Lively's
1: character you just sort of don't
0: yeah, I mean, and she she killed him. He killed her. Don't care. Right, don't, so even Blake Lively characters, I assume you're supposed to um, sort of sympathise with her because it's her family were all killed. Even she becomes a crosses. Yeah, yeah, just just
1: like I don't care. The best thing in the film um, was Jude Law. Um,
0: as he has been in most things? Mm-hmm. Jude Law's been excellent. I've been watched a couple of crap films, but Jude Law's the best thing in them.
1: Jude Law is always as good. In this, he's playing the the, the, the kind of almost hard man, ex army kind of you know, kind mm-hmm. of jaded, hardened bastard, um, and because he's kind of, you know, Jude Law's went from this kind of, you know, fucking pale English face being to this big muscle-bound bastard oh. because of Captain Marvel, yeah. and you know, he's, he's kind of retained the physique in this and it really suits him, mm-hmm. and he was, if he wasn't in this film, honestly, I may have fucking cried myself or ever him, <laughs> you know, what l- l- felt so bad about watching it, um, so he saved it from being Fucking, you know, my first ever negative score on okay. Um, But yeah, there's just no more, it, it doesn't explain anything. Right. Um, and I know some films, you know, they need you to think for
0: yourself, but they need to give you something material to start with. To yeah. Yeah, this doesn't do that. This just kind of moves to
2: one thing to the other, you're going to put why. Yeah. And there's,
0: there's,
1: there's not a why, there's just, yeah, they done it. And at the end, you know, there's a, the kind of big reveal, but it never tells you why, so you're but right well why did I give a fuck you know? right. I mean, like, why did he do that well, who gives a fuck no one's going to tell you so it doesn't matter yeah. and that combined with a lack of character development just made for just a kind of lazy lackluster, boring film I'm
0: Blake think. Lively i I've not really been convinced by her in much to be honest
1: no yeah I'm, I'm the same as you I was saying this to Lorraine I, I'm kind of
0: trying to think of anything that she's really kind of shined in um, A Simple Favour quite enjoy but she's only in that very briefly the um, one with that, Anna Kendrick, I mean, it's like she goes missing. Yeah, yeah,
1: Um, and the the one with the Sharks,
0: the shark one's actually been the thing that I've kind of... The shark enjoyed. one may be the best thing she's been in, yeah, um, the Sharks. Yeah,
1: yeah. Which is a shame, because, do you know what I mean, it's like, you kind of want to like it and stuff for like that, and you want it to
0: be interesting, but I don't know, it's just... Meh. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. Sorry Ryan Reynolds to yeah. shitting you to a good lady, but uh, well, it doesn't
1: it doesn't convince me at all.
0: That's a shame. Um, out yeah. of 10.
1: Out of ten, um, purely for Jude Law. Okay. Because Jude Law came along and you know really fucking saved this movie's bacon. Um, I would say there is probably an audience for it. People that kind of like you know like an you know, assassin spy kind of thriller films. Um, I would say watch it when it's get a Netflix or a Amazon or whatever you know, Sky. Watch it then. It's not. It, it feels like
0: something that's, some you know a pilot for one TV series A little uh, bit half-baked half Yeah, it deserves its place in a small screen um, it, it, It's not a cinematic experience at all It okay. didn't benefit from it, it? Fair So yeah. 4 out of 10 yeah. for the rhythm section Not a good one oh, Next, one I have not seen and I'm glad I've not seen it yet because I'm, I'm desperate to see it is a film called The Lighthouse Oh, uh, yes, yes directed. Now, I was going to say I'm not going to spoil this for you but you know what I'm still not really sure yeah. You, know you it's can't about. spoil it You so don't know what's happening it fun. Um, directed by Robert Eggers, who directed a film a few years ago called The Witch, which me and you both absolutely, I think, adored in every way yeah. possible, um, yeah. which is so much so I went out and bought a t-shirt of it the next day, I think it was. I have I have a witch t-shirt because I, I love the film so much. <laughs> um, the plot of this new film, The Lighthouse, obviously, it's set in a lighthouse, it's two lighthouse keepers trying to remain sane in New England during, the it 1850, 1860, something like that? It's about 18. I didn't actually
1: say it specifically when. I know the kind of cinematography work kind of aims to
0: go for like a pre 1910 period, so, right, I'm so going I mean, to say the late 1800s, but I don't so know where term to turn the, Maybe of the century, of the last century yeah. anyway. Um, and basically, they're trying to remain sane as they both try and at times drive each other up the wall, I think is the best way of putting it, um, from what I've heard. Yeah. Um, yeah, on, on the surface, I would say that kind of yeah sums up the movie. But that's not is it? Um, I don't think. <laughs> as, a, as you probably have heard, it's quite a small cast. You saw obviously it's only really got Willem Defoe and Robert Pattinson playing the lighthouse. Like you think a few like people pop up in it here and there, but well, a... I mean, briefly, briefly they're in it for ninety
1: eight point nine percent of the movie. Um, there are one or two other bodies that are there for you know less than two minutes
0: of screen time. Um, so this film got a lot of a lot of reviews for a lot for everything for directing for the movie for the acting for everything. Is it earning yeah. that love for you? Um yeah it is and yeah this is so this is my my big
1: problem now is I kind of watched this film the on and the the cinematography is fucking mind blowing. I mean, yeah. It's shot in black and white. It's shot in you know, the kind of square box scale. And, yeah. It's shot using old film and stuff like that to capture, and era, and it does it amazingly well. But um, you know, there's a lot of kind of shots of the sea and stuff like that, and mm. waves, and you know, some of those storms and stuff like that. And every shot, you know, is just a feast for the eyes. Every shot is kind of thought about and planned. there's
0: nothing random. You know, there's not like that happens that you know. There's nothing, nothing wasted thought about and framed. Yeah, and you know, I I
1: would have. After seeing it and saying, cinematography, this is this is it, mm. and then you watch 1917 and you're like, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the first time I've kind of ever given any actual real serious thought to cinematography, but never mind having to have two films that, that have both really impacted me in such a big way with cinematography as well. So yeah. uh, th- yeah, I'm kind of happy about that. Oh. You know, it's a nice kind of fucking quandary to have, but. I've, like I say, every scene Richard is just like, you know it, it's there for a reason. It's oh. done purposely. that there's not a wasted bit of film in this whole movie. It's just wow. Well, um and that leads me on to the next thing which
0: is the acting. Yeah. Um Willem Defoe, everyone knows can fucking act. Yeah, well i uh, fantastic, we all know this. Yeah, I mean We've seen him in things like, you know,
1: the Florida Project and, and things like that, you know, so we've seen him in the kind of lower-key shit that maybe some people don't get to see him in other than the big stuff. Uh-huh. So we've seen him, uh, you know, acting his heart out, you know, uh, doing all his crazy shit like the about Saints and then kind of doing his serious stuff as well.
0: This is Defoe's fucking, I don't know what you call it, fucking... His magnum, is so magnum like opus in any way. This is the
1: pinnacle. This, I don't see how you can improve on what's done here. Wow. I He's just, just amazing And it's Again Talk about A little With George McKay With the full It's not just the voice
0: It's his face It's and the eyes in this. Yeah uh-huh. Yeah I, 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 A sly
1: grin The eyes And this film Has got loads of that You just see his face And mm. there's just You're just taken Into this whole Different place Do you know what I mean it, it Just Wow um,
0: and not to belittle him, but Arpat holds his own against the folk. Oh, yeah. So I think we've both agreed that we, obviously, everyone knows like Arpat and also um the other one, Kirsten Stewart, Kirsten Stewart as yeah. the Twilight Kids. But uh, we've seen them in stuff in the last like five or six years, and you go, these two are proper actors. And Patterson is much yeah. the same. He is a proper actor. When you watch Fine. him in Cosmopolis and you watch him in. Uh, like good time as well, Like he is he a proper, he is an actor, he's not some little, you know, sort of pretty boy just trying to cash a paycheck, that's why when he is cast as Batman, you're going, that's interesting, I, 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 he's took that role for a reason, he thinks he can bring something to that role, because he's not just picking yeah. shit for the, the safety, he's a, he's a very, very good actor. Definitely, and it's a
1: shame that both of them have had to work so hard for it, it's maybe made them better actors for it, but they really have, it's like Daniel Radcliffe as well, but yeah they've got to work so hard to shake the shadows of Twilight and Harry Potter and stuff for that and they, they, they just shine for it. I think what it does, uh, yeah, I think
0: I mean, what it does, it gives them security that they've always got that paycheck sitting there that they're making money off it, so it can allow them to be a bit more experimental. You know, they can yeah, do these yeah. random films rather than have to always be chasing the big bucks. Whereas Emma mm-hmm. Watson seems to have chased the money a little bit, you know, doing stuff like Beauty and the Beast and then doing Little Women. You know, Little Women's not a big budget film, but it's definitely, it's definitely a safe movie, in many respects. Yeah,
1: she's definitely went in a different direction, yes. for sure, absolutely, but um, yeah, I mean, our part, it, it, it must be quite, I would imagine, quite intimidating, to go up against an actor like the folk, do you know what I mean, and, and you know, think, shit, to he go tot- it's over this guy, right. I mean, it does it's, it's these two guys, on camera most of the time, you know what I mean, and they're it, and it, it, it does, he it holds his own, and it his performance is, is just as good as I would say as the fullest so both of them I think at this point just, this is the performance
0: his uh, career nice. it's just fucking beautiful to watch I mean does the story uh, hold up as well?
2: I don't
1: know because I don't understand <laughs> okay, right, <laughs> so, hey. that I've got so many theories about it and I really want to talk to you about it because okay. you can see you can bounce stuff off me and I can bounce stuff off you so I need you to see it um, I think there's layers in there and I think it's probably designed that you know my theory and your theory could both be totally right right, or both be totally wrong but it won't make the movie any less of the experience you had watching does that make sense? Yeah but com-
0: like compelling throughout yeah, absolutely and whatever you take
1: from it i don't think there's a definitive yeah you're right or you're wrong yeah i mean i think it's like well yeah i can see why you'd think that here's why i think something different but i couldn't see you were right or wrong because i don't fucking understand myself to, 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 to you kind know, of you know and even reading again, i kind of had a brief scan after seeing that you know whispered imdb <laughs> reviews and checked out the first kind of maybe 20 or 30 and it seems to get some of themes you know a, a lot of people don't get it at all, Or like, you know, this was fucking pointless. And then there's people, you know, like that micro-analyses analyze it did not mean this, that mm. and that, and then there's people like, I can't afford them Mean this, but it might mean this, so yeah. it seems to be, you know, like, kind of just fucking baffling everyone, mm. um, but in a good way, um, you know, because any movie that gets you talking about it for more than five minutes after it's done, yep. it's done its job perfectly. And this is just well, The sound in this as well... Um not quite as affecting as that middle section in 1917 but throughout the film movie yep. the sound in this is fucking nuts as well it just gets to you and I think The Witch done that as well
0: the sound in the, the witch is excellent yeah, the the witch uses,
1: is, yeah. yeah that, this does the exact same it uses sound in a way you know, that, that, you know know there's always something in the background and you're listening for it and you know, there's always something in this movie that's building and breathing yeah. and waiting to happen. And it might, but it might not, do you yeah. I'm not. I won't spoil it for you, but it's one of those movies that's just, it just builds and builds and creeps and seeps into you and, right. you know, it, it stays with you for a long time after you've watched it. I mean, I'm still...
0: Right. On the witch done so that. The witch, the witch had moments where it was just sort of, like, it felt like just human normality all of a sudden just yeah. punctuated by, like, holy shit, did I just see what I think I saw? Or, oh my... Like, just, yeah. just moments yeah. of, like but it just it totally takes you aback because it is so against the grain of what you're expecting to happen in this scene. You know, and, oh, absolutely. Yeah. What well, I don't get about this, I don't know how this director does it,
1: um, but he, don't, he, don't, he does it with this film with a different kind of animal, but in The Witch, the, the scene with a rabbit, uh-huh. to me that is still one of the most horrible things I've ever seen. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm pretty sure we're spoilers now, but there's a scene in The Witch where basically the camera sits in a rabbit for, what, about 30 things? Yeah. Just a rabbit. It's not a fucking vampire that yeah. doesn't turn into a dragon. It's a rabbit. How scary is that? But it's, an, it's a very
0: affecting, terrifying <laughs> rabbit. <laughs> it's
1: like it's a fucking. I still don't understand
0: why it freaks me out. But it, not. Like, it, but it does. It freaks you out beyond beyond Yeah, absolutely. It, um, it's mental, and this it, it kind of uses different animals in this film, and not to as
1: scary an effect, But there are parts in it where you know he's definitely got his visions and styles and tropes, you know, you're starting to see it now. And
0: yeah. This guy's going you know to... I mean, I, I think there's better to come from this guy. I think, guy I think he's, he's a guy who's laying down some early groundwork and some I early markers, that, but he is going to... I think he could be the next, like, Scorsese, you know. One of those kind of guys just yeah. makes consistent... make great film for the next 30 or 50 years. Oh, well, I
1: can only but I'm, I'm genuinely excited for you to see this one because I know... How you can analyse and how you think more about moves, and I think you'll see much more out of it than, than I did. And, I mean, I'm immersed in it, so I'm excited for you to see this just how technical this film is as well. I nice just I cannot wait to just be able to talk to you about it and you know, what about this, what about that? I'm so so ready
0: for it. So, I mean, it's going to be ages before we get to do it as well. It will so be a couple of really? weeks, yeah. Um, out of ten, um, what are you giving uh, it?
1: Out of ten, I would, I would give this eight
0: and a half, nine out of ten, right. easily. Nice one. I, I mean, if you're giving that out of ten and it's an arty film, then I'm thinking I'm going to very much enjoy it. Come um on, dude, you're in for such a fucking treat. You're really a, such a... as t- t- both a movie go and a kind of movie love her yeah. I, I cannot wait for you to see her. I'm so so excited for you to see awesome genuinely can't wait um, next week there'll be no movies discussed next week well, be, in fact there'll be all the movies discussed next week there'll be an Oscar special um, that'll be getting recorded down in Manchester so we're looking forward to that one um, we're going to have a special guest next week well Mr McFall will be on for the first time in a while so he will be discussing yeah. all things Oscar and everything so the Oscars are this weekend <laughs> yes will it be a post Oscar it'll be post Oscar yes so we're discussing did everyone deserve to win? Should of should you know somebody get not have won, you know? Are we upset that someone won? All of that. Should Wacken Phoenix win best actor? We all think no, but everyone thinks yes. So we don't know. Who knows? Um <laughs> But next if you looking to win the this week, there is a lot of stuff out. You've got Harley Quinn. Oh no, the Birds of Prey and the Fabulous Emancipation of one Harley Quinn which is I was okay with until tonight I realised it's not the fabulous, it's the fantabulous, oh, the which fantabulous. actually
1: cheapens it for me and it kind of makes me
0: recoil a bit well, I think I want, I, was like, I want to see him, seen him just at that time like, wait a fucking minute hold on well, it's, it's going to me off that yeah I it's, getting solid, like it's all. getting solid reviews getting sold reviews so that's out this week also out is Dr. Doolittle the Dunn Jr. version you've also got oh, some so called, fucking damn good yeah. he's doing um, Richard Burton which I'm quite excited about um, cool. you've also got Underwater It's out that's um, one with, with Kristen Stewart uh, you this also have yep, huh? and you've also got Parasite as well, which is obviously taking up all oh, the Oscar buzz as well. So that's like quite a lot mm-hmm. of stuff out this week. So if you get a chance to go and see anything, it will probably be discussed in a couple of weeks' time. But we'll be discussing all things movies, um, or, or movie winnings next week. Okay, so, um, where people find us, Colin. Uh,
1: you can find us on Phoebe in the movie at Gmail, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So look us up and. please, give
0: us your thoughts and stuff like that. Am I right? Is Richard right? Am I wrong? Is Richard right? Tell us. I've
1: been Colin, you've been? Richard. And we've been